Entertainment's podcast from Bottomline Technologies. In the last 10 years, the market and access model for real-time payments has changed drastically. This episode on the Payments Podcast will hopefully take you on a journey of why it's changed and how. I'm Rich Williams, host of the Payments Podcast, and today I'll be talking to Ed's Ashed Grant, General Manager for Payments at Bottomline Technologies, and Julian Sawyer, Chief Operating Officer at Starling Bank. Hello to you both. Good afternoon. So, Ed, let's begin with you, if we may. What was the original thinking behind this new access model? So, the new access model came about um, when there was the need to innovate in the industry. So, we've been working for many years in what people would call the agency model, which didn't prove that competitive. Uh, New entrants were working through other sponsoring banks, some of the larger banks, and that service was not 24-7 and not particularly sharp for the uh, typical consumer or corporate that needs to be serviced today. So it's new ideas, a new way to give new access and better services to the faster payments solutions. So I guess to add some more colour to what Ed has said, the first um, 10 participants in faster payments started the scheme about 8 to 10 years ago, um, and that was locked down. And so the access model started to enable other banks to come on board. Um, Starling Bank, for instance, was the 13th bank to join Faster Payments, and a number of banks have joined after that. But what that has done is is, is created an environment where other organisations, other banks, can uh, join the scheme directly and start to offer a different set of ser- services into the market, and really to disrupt the incumbents that have been in there for the last 8 to 10, 10 years dominating the market. So what's the progress of this been like in the UK, and is there relevance for this globally? So bottom line has been very busy in this space. Uh, if you look at the new entrants that have come in, about a third of the logos on the participant website we, we've been involved with. So it's been very interesting, busy times. I would say the actual success, if I was to put it in numbers, is probably one story with one of our customers where previously on the agency model, they were dependent on the work schedules of the sponsoring bank. And they actually had up to 50 hours of outage, five zero hours of outage within a month. And once we got them into the new access model, that dropped to 36 seconds. So it's really an impactful model to um, put into the faster payment options. Um, that's the UK. And then wider, we know that real-time, instant payments, immediate payments, however they're called around the world, has started to boom with over 25 different countries following a similar pattern of moving all of the old world of batch onto real time, given the demands in the marketplace. So very exciting place, good place to be, to invest and help customers move forward. Uh, And Julian, some some colour for yourself on this, please. Although the new model was backed by regulators encouraging access to faster payment service, it didn't resolve the problem of restrictions or barriers to entry around accessing the clearing and settlement system. Now, why was this? So I think if you if you look at um, the direct model and the access and what is required, you need to have gateways, you need to have uh, a lot of technology, you need uh, a, a whole range of uh, people, uh, um, payment operations people, you need compliance people, etc. It is a big project for an organisation to do and it is not 
applicable for every uh, every bank, uh, every e-money institution in the UK to say they need to be directly uh, connected into the scheme. You've also got to have a Bank of England settlement account, which has been fairly restricted uh, in terms of those access. And you also have what's called the famous uh, slots, which is the weekend that you're allowed to go live and those are allocated out to you uh, across all of the, the payment schemes. So while this has been a, a very big success in terms of doubling, if not more, the number of participants within the scheme. There are still 400 banks in the UK, 2,000 e-money institutions that are not connected into uh, the scheme. And that's where really the indirect model and what we're, we're working with bottom line on is really going to tra- transform that market. So are you saying that this can be changed? It can be changed because, as I'd mentioned earlier, the challenge with the indirect model was that it was slow, uh, you had a lot of outage, um, and it wasn't real-time payments. Um, and if you look at any fintech today, they are all wanting and needing fintech. They're all wanting real-time payments to to undertake their proposition. Um, and so. What we're doing is offering real-time payments in an indirect model, and that's really changing the market. And by doing that through a set of very simple APIs with a very straightforward technology layer enables uh, us jointly to go to market and provide real-time access to faster payments in an indirect model which means people don't need to worry about all the uh, the settlement and collateral required at the Bank of England, all of the technology and the gateways, um, and also all the scheme compliance, which, trust me, is actually quite a lot of work to do. Moving briefly on to open banking and the new payment architecture, if we may, without going into too much detail on it, what impact would they have on real-time payments? So I think open banking almost by definition requires real-time payments. Um, You've also mentioned the new payments architecture that is coming out. So in two, three years' time, all of the infrastructure around faster payments and also the BACS payment scheme is going to be replaced by a whole new environment. And if you're directly connected to any of those schemes, you're going to have to have a complete uh, rebuild of your payments infrastructure. That, as you can imagine, is a very, very costly and high-risk activity for any, any institution to do. So by this model... It enables us to provide an insulating layer for our clients that they don't need to worry too much about all this infrastructure change that's happening with the industry and we can continue to provide real-time faster payments. That's great, thank you. And for the listeners, we will have separate podcasts on these topics in future for anyone that wants further information. Ed, what's Bottom Line's role in all of this and how are they helping to support the model? What's the proposition? So Bottom Line is offering what we call the Real-Time Payments Express, which is part of our universal aggregator suite. What does that all mean? That means we are supporting and investing into the indirect model. So we can go to market with our partners like Starling Bank and actually introduce for the first time a real, real-time 24-7 service for payments given that we now have this way of working, um, now we've moved on from the new access model that had some, some challenges that we, that we covered in terms of there was just too much demand for the, for the supply on, on that model. So um, it's an exciting time to uh, improve the service offering to the customers of our customer. We offer literally a um, switch on because a lot of people are already connected to bottom line with all of our connectivity in the marketplace. 
So it's a fairly frictionless project for those that really want to start competing in the market on a real-time payment solution. And have you noticed that customers are changing their business needs in regards to real-time payments? I think customers have to change. The days of three-day cycles or sponsored cycles with with so much outage that it becomes heavy on the call centre from complaints and and poor service, they are just um, moving out of the industry. So to be competitive, now... Nowadays in the technology market, you consume by, by the click. People aren't that interested in heavy armies of IT inside a business when IT isn't their primary business. They can focus on the customer. They can focus on their message. In the background, with a partner like Bottom Line running a, a Payments Express service, all of that compliance, all of that criticality is taken care of. And that... Uh, that opens all kinds of options for customers to move forward. So I think I think what we're seeing is um, two mindsets. Uh, first of all, people going, yes, it would be nice to have real-time payments. Um, and I don't think that really is the opportunity. The real opportunity is when people are looking at the business models and going, how do I do things differently? So if I've just applied for a loan, can I get my money instantly? Not at the end of the day, now. Um, do I get paid differently salaries? Salaries traditionally have been through banks as direct credits. That takes three days. That means the company has got three days worth of float that's stuck in the banking system. Um, could I pay my employees two days early? Does that create opportunities for retention, for reward, etc.? Why do I have to wait for the end of the month before I get paid my salary if I have worked a week, why can't I have my week salary? So what we're seeing is a lot of really interesting clients who are looking at their business and saying, how can I use real-time payments to do something fundamentally different? Not just, I just want to make it quicker, but changing their business model, changing how they pay their suppliers, how they um, collect money from their customers, um, and how they pay their staff. And I think that is the real interesting thing. I don't think we've seen all the examples to date. Um, and I think there's going to be some really, really interesting and exciting clients between us where we um, see innovation coming out through through the real-time payments mechanism. Uh, Julian, that flows on really nicely to my next question, which is that Ed mentioned earlier that Starling, uh, one of the banks using the faster payment service capability. Now, how did you gain access to real-time payments? So when we started the bank in 2014, 2015, we realised very, very quickly that we wanted and needed real-time faster payments. We needed to be in total control of the payments infrastructure because of the, some of the challenges which we've spoken about already within this podcast. So what we didn't want to do was sit behind one of the incumbent bank's mainframe and whenever there's an outage, we would be at the bottom of the queue to be fixed. So we absolutely needed to, to do that. Um, we um, bought and purchased the bottom line gateway, which enabled us to uh, have access into the scheme. Um, and that enables us uh, for our consumers and for our SMEs um, access into real-time faster payments and we joined the scheme at the beginning of 2017. What emerged very very soon after announcing that we had joined is that other companies started to phone us up and ask whether we would sponsor and that really started to get us thinking about how we can provide this service and this capability to other parties and and the exciting part is that Again, when you start talking about faster payments, everybody thinks, oh, it's the banks, it's the big banks, etc. 
But actually, if, you've, if you're a fintech, if you're an e-money institution, this is absolutely an amazing proposition to be able to get access to real-time faster payments. And also without a massive technology play, um, this should not be the critical path for you to launch your proposition. And we're taking payments out of that critical path. But it's also really important for corporates as well. And they've been hampered by having to work with the banks, having to work with old infrastructure and file formats and everything else to be able to make their payments. And this is about putting corporates in control of, of their payments flows. So for us, um, this has been a journey that we've been on for three or four years with Bottom Line in terms of getting that capability to the scheme um, and then, then growing that capability wider in the marketplace to offering it to other organisations. And what were the main drivers and, and your business needs, I suppose, for being able to offer this real-time payment service? So I think if you look at consumers, they absolutely understand that they can download movies, music, on a click of a button and they get frustrated when they have to wait. I'm old enough to remember dial up and, and, and getting my emails by plugging into the phone lines. But today's generation, we are absolutely um, uh, educated to the fact that it, everything is real time and yet payments isn't. And while we talk about faster payments, it is not always fast because you've got all these other banks that are not directly connected. And so therefore you've got a huge expectation gap in terms of, um, I can do an awful lot of my stuff in a digital world, absolutely in real time, but payments are not. And that really becomes evident as, as we launched our current account in 2017, um, in terms of that was a base requirement. And what we're trying to do now is offer that service to other people to enable them to make payments in real time. And how does this bring you a competitive advantage? So for us, it is one of our three um, business units within Starling Bank. So we have our consumer current account, we have our SME current account, and we also have banking services, which is the provision of this to a B2B environment to, as, a, as we said earlier, to banks, FIs, and, and also into corporates. Well, and just to add to that, that it's, it's great to see the success of uh, both the relationship that we had here from, from three years ago. I, I remember when Julie and I first got together, and we talked about um, some visions and some dreams of where this might go, um, we, we were up for it and we spent time together and uh, invested even before the license had, had arrived for Starling Bank. And now to see the volumes grow and just recently to see the remediation funds come through where Starling have just been awarded £100 million to further innovate and in particular support the SME market. So if it's very nicely with um, our position of helping businesses pay and get paid, We've now got uh, an active partner who is opening up new propositions for corporates and other customers. So um, all is well. Well, that's all we have time for today. Ed, thank you for wrapping it up so uh, concisely. Julian, thank you for your time as well. It's much appreciated. And for anyone listening, you can check out our website for more information. Podcast from Bottom Line Technologies.